From the studios of Teeing It Up uh, in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Saturday, uh, what is today, November 30th, uh, 2019. We are almost in December. Um, we've been haphazard on podcasts. We're going to get a lot over the next couple weeks. Uh, tune in Thursday morning for my first ever Feel Good Inspirational podcast um, where... We're going to talk about putting golf in the children's hospitals to give them something to do. It's an amazing story, and I can't wait for all of you to hear it Thursday morning here on Teeing It Up. So that's that. We welcome in Danny Flecka in his weekly spot. Hello, sir. How you doing? I am well. How was your holiday? Wasn't too bad. It came and went. I got one more to deal with in a couple of weeks, so we'll deal with that when it comes. All right, let's go in chronological order. The biggest thing that I took away from Thanksgiving, besides the fact that the Cowboys special teams is atrocious, is that the Saints defense is legitimate. And for weeks we have wondered, as right, for years we have wondered when is one of these teams, the Packers, the Saints, the Chargers, who have a quarterback who puts up big numbers, going to have the defense to complement it. And I really think we're getting to that point now with the Saints because on both sides of the ball, they are really lethal. Yeah, I think with the Saints, they, their defense turned the corner, I think, two years ago. And unfortunately, they had that, that terrible loss to Minnesota in the playoffs. Throwing that terrible loss last year, too, I think this defense has been on the rise for a couple of years now. And... Uh, I'll be honest with you, they need that defense to be good. They, their offense is still lethal. Um, they, they're capable for big plays. You have you know really good skill players with Kamara and Thomas, but they lack that, that, that third option in the in the passing game. And we've seen Breeze play a little bit safe the last couple of weeks is coming back with his deep ball. He's not necessarily thrown it that deep. But it's amazing how they're able to still win. Uh, their lack of red zone production the last couple of weeks has been a little concerning. You know, against the Falcons, they were inside the red zone a couple of times and came away with field goals and kept that game a little bit closer than maybe it should have been. Um, but overall, that, that defense is really good. Their, their defensive line is eight deep. They have really athletic linebackers. And there's one thing that concerns me with the Saints. It's uh, their secondary play and their lack of discipline, especially with Eli Apple. We saw Atlanta consistently target him on Thursday. They threw three different three defensive pass interference calls that allowed the Falcons to stay in that game. You know, as a former Giant, um, you know, and watching him a lot, and that's one of the areas of the game that, that doesn't seem to go away, and that's just lack of awareness and discipline and understanding of, you know, what those situation arises for. So, I'm a Saints fan. That is a little concerning. You know, the, the penalties came on third down when you're hoping to get off the field and, and not give the team another chance. So, you know, if, if I'm the Saints, I would be a little concerned about that, knowing that it, it happens a lot. I think he had six or seven passing appearance calls against him this year already. So, uh, overall, though, the defense is really good. They got after the quarterback. They forced turnovers. They were aggressive. The run game was almost non-existent for the Falcons. And that's the way I think they're going to have to win moving forward. Um, what else did you take from Thanksgiving? So I, I, you know, obviously, the Bears-Lions game was still big for the Bears. If they in, in contention. Um, you know, they're able to sweep one out. Uh, you know, chasing the Seahawks and the Vikings and the Packers is still going to be pretty tough for them, but 
they're, they're so in it. That defense is so good enough to win. They have a big game against Dallas next week, which I think is, is a huge game for both teams. And that segues into Dallas. And it's just their, their lack of awareness, their discipline as well. You know, they, they came out of that, they came into that game with an opportunity to set the standard for themselves. One and five against teams winning records this year. They came out, they scored right away, and from there they just played an egg. Uh, turnovers on both on consecutive possessions, uh, big penalties again. Uh, you know, unable to, to punch the ball in when they got to the red zone, missed field goals that would have kept that game closed. Uh, you know, if you're Dallas, you know, Jerry Jones has come out and said, you know, I shouldn't be just frustrated with this roster. We have a good enough team to win. But I think at the end, when you look at that roster, it's, it's Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper are, are your two main cogs. Cooper seems to get hurt every single game and gets out for a period of time. And then go away from Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know, at the end, it, it, the roster might be there, but the staff is not. And it's, it's painfully obvious that coaching staff limits the way that this team is going to go. Um, where are we now as we look forward to this weekend? We're talking to Danny Flecky here on Teeing Up in his weekly spot. College football, this is probably the biggest game of Jim Harbaugh's Michigan tenure. Uh, uh, tenure, is that what you would think? Oh, absolutely. I, I think that this game here for Michigan, you don't have the opportunity to play for the Big Ten. Uh, a New Year's Day Bowl is probably out of the question, uh, just given the way the rest of this uh, college landscape is right now. If you're Jim Harbaugh, this is your sixth time going up against Ohio State. It's at home. Everything that Ohio State needs to play for, you have the opportunity here to, to kind of dismantle it a bit. A, a loss here for Ohio State, well, I don't think totally jeopardizes their chances of getting into the college playoffs. Definitely puts it at a halt for just a moment until they get to the Big Ten championship game. And if you're Michigan, there's nothing more than you would love, well, nothing more than you would like to potentially do that. I think Michigan plays some really good football. I think Ohio State is as well. If there's one thing I take away from Ohio State after watching them the last couple of weeks, especially last week against Penn State, is you have to get after field. You have to make him hold on to the ball. You have to make him question his decision-making. If he is prone to sacks, he is prone to turnovers uh, inside the pocket. So Michigan can get after the quarterback, limit the run game a bit, and capitalize on some opportunity to be efficient on offense. They have every opportunity to potentially uh, pull off an upset. As we sit here right now, in my mind, Clemson, I think, wins out. LSU, Georgia, and... In, in in the in in, uh, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta next week, I think LSU is the better team. Funny things happen in the SEC. We'll see what happens. Um, and Ohio State wins and then beats whoever gets out of Michigan, Wisconsin. I'm uh, sorry, uh, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Um, if all three of them win, somebody just darted. Oh, oh, it's the dog. Okay. I saw something go through the window. I'm like, what is that? But it's my neighbor's dog. Um, if all three of them went out, now we're left with one team. For me, that's Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts. Where do you stand on who that fourth team is if everybody wins out next two weeks? Who's in the top yeah. three right now? The, the two teams that you have to watch out for, you just mentioned one of them, is Oklahoma and Alabama. 
Alabama, I think, today will really provide a statement win against an Auburn team that is feisty. You know, they grind, but I just think Alabama has too much speed, too much athleticism to um, let Auburn stay in that game. Freshman quarterback in the first Iron Bowl. I know it's in Auburn. I just think that Alabama team is just too much at the end. They have a lot of skilled players. Their wide receivers are all first-round picks. I just think Alabama has, has too much talent today to potentially let this opportunity go by the wayside. And don't and if you think Nick Saban doesn't understand the position his team can be in after this game, you're mistaken. He understands that all it takes is for one team to mess up and they're right back in it. So I do think that Alabama is the team on the outside looking in right now with the best chance to get in. Oklahoma, on the other hand, they need to, to win the Pretty impressively, I think, the next two weeks to even be considered. The last three games have been really close. Iowa State, Baylor, and TCU last week. Three teams that you really think Oklahoma should be putting away. They won against Iowa State by one point. Baylor, three points in a miraculous comeback. And TCU by four. You know, they need to win this game today against Oklahoma State pretty impressively. And then they rematch Baylor. Would have to, you would have to imagine they also need to win pretty impressively as well. But those are the two teams, I think, looking at it from, you know, 10,000 feet that have the best chance to get in there. Now you brought up LSU and Georgia. And I think that game is obviously paramount for, for both teams. I think LSU is in even with a loss to Georgia just because of the teams they've beaten throughout the year, you know, Florida, LSU, um, I'm sorry, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, you know, those games have been holding a lot of weight for them. But if you're Georgia, it's a must win. And I just don't think that they they have it, you know, just based off the team that has the past, it might be their least talented team going into it. So I think you're seeing LSU, Ohio State, if everything goes well for them, and Clemson, and then you probably have a fight between Alabama and Oklahoma. And I think it just comes down to how Oklahoma looks the next couple of weeks. All right, so right now, talking to Danny Fleck in his weekly spot, uh, we are going to transition to the National Football League and the betting and fantasy preview uh, special. I, and, and by the way, just, just one quick college football thing. Uh, why is Utah so sexy in some people's eyes? What is it about that team that has opened people's eyes? I just think that they... They have a really good defense, and they're very opportunistic on offense. They, they're balanced, and I think that's what a lot of people like. I do think that seeing Utah get in there would, would be not too far-fetched, given the situation that they, they find themselves in. They do need a pretty impressive win, I think, against Oregon next week, uh, if they do want to get in. I just think when you compare the resumes of, of the teams that are going to be fighting for that last spot. Utah needs a lot, I think, to go their way. I know where they're ranked right now, but I think if you see Alabama have a pretty convincing win today, and then if you see Oklahoma uh, you know, put down a big performance today and then beat Baylor, then it's going to just be tough for them. And I also don't think that they're a lock to, to win next week either. I think Oregon you know, doesn't have, again, they're not going to make the playoff. But, you know, winning the Pac-12 would be a big step for that program given where they've been the last couple of years. So, Utah still has a lot to do. 
uh, to get into that spot. I just think with Alabama in front of them and Alabama playing Auburn team this week, that it has the potential to see that Alabama stays in front of them, even if this Utah ends up being a Pac-12 champion. Okay. Now we turn to the NFL. Why is Josh Shaw and this betting story not the big deal that I think it is? I, I honestly don't know. I think it's just the information that's come out and that and the facts behind it, if they're all true, is that he is on his reserve, hasn't played, has not used inside information to bet on anything, and that there's no other people involved with it. So I think that's why it's not a big deal. Obviously, a lot of other things to come out of this story that maybe we don't have right now. But I think that if you're looking at it from a public view, you're, you're saying that this guy is just another person out there that has everything that's so accessible to him, that's just betting on games and is acting like any other person is. So I, I, if I had to look at it from that perspective, I think that's why it's not as big of a deal. There we go. That is... Um why you think so? I think this is the tip of the iceberg and that more people are doing this and we may see more people as, as betting becomes legal come out over time. Um, but that's Danny's point. You and I disagree on this and we'll see how it plays out over time. It's a fascinating subject and fascinating development. All right. I see a sucker line here that I want to get your opinion on. Philly plus 10 against Miami. I know Miami's bad, but I feel like Philly is liable to lay a big old egg here. What do you think about this line? I think it's right where it needs to be, to be honest. Um, it's in Miami, so obviously this time of year, things can get a little tricky down there. But I think you know Miami's just depleted, and we've seen that they're pretty vulnerable to, to fall behind. Philadelphia needs this game. And they seem to be as healthy as they're going to be right now at this point of the year. It looks like Alshon Jeffrey is fully healthy. Wayne Johnson will be back. Their defense has been, you know, quietly pretty good the last couple of weeks. You know, they played two really good teams in New England and Seattle and were able to hold them to 17 points. You know, their offense has not been in sync. I, I think that this is the type of week where you can get back in sync. Uh, and, and they seem to have that opportunity to do so. I think when you're Philly, too, you take a look at what happened on Thursday. You realize that this is an opportunity to stay even with Dallas, and Dallas has a, a couple of tough games still coming up, and if you're Philadelphia, you have the easiest schedule left in, in the league the last month of the year with the Giants, Red, Giants twice, Redskins, Miami. You know, you circle that game against Dallas. Obviously, if you take care of business the next couple of weeks, you could be in a really good spot to win the NFC East and potentially keep the Cowboys out of the playoffs. You know, the Cowboys still have to play. You have to go to Chicago, play Philadelphia in Philly, and the Rams. So this is an opportunity for Philadelphia to really step on the gas and potentially take control of the NFC East. Betting likes, betting don't likes for this week. So I'll start with the, the Pats. You know, they're, they're three-and-a-half-point favorites against the, the Texans. I just think the Texans are a team that the New England has owned for a while. I know that this guy's falling down with their offense and the performances that they've had. This is a great opportunity for them to kind of get back on track, I think. You know, Houston doesn't present the same challenges that, um, you know, a team like Philadelphia presented them with a strong defensive line for 
you know, Dallas, Dallas has a good defensive line as well. So this is an opportunity for them, I think, to get back on track. Their defense has been suffocating. Stephon Gilmore is going to be locked up with Hopkins. And you know that they're not going to let Watson do what he does, and that's, you know, sit in the pocket, create uh, extended plays, and throw the ball deep. So I think this is a great spot for the Pats. I think they're very undervalued here, and I think the last couple of weeks have put them in that spot. So I, I think the Pats are, are I, you know, I go down and say they're my lock of the week. I just really love where their that number is for them, and I just like the, the match that they have uh, this week against Texans. Another like this week for me, it, it, it's tough for me to, to go, you know, to take this game, but I, I'm going to take the 49ers uh, at six points against the Ravens. I know the Ravens have been world beaters the last couple of weeks, you know, winning by double digits and really owning the game. I just think that this is a, one of the toughest matchups they have this year. Strong defensive line, fast linebackers, you know, uh, a ball control offense on the other side as well with San Francisco. I think it's going to be a grinded out kind of game. Close defenses are going to take control of this game. And I think this is that opportunity for Jimmy G and for Kyle Shanahan to really put this stamp on the NFL and show, you know, teams around the league that they can win and they can win on the road and they can win in a different type of environment that they have. You know, they're 10-1, but a lot of their key wins have come at home. This is an opportunity for them to go on the road and get that key win or at least show teams that they can, can grind it out, gain good offenses on the road and then set themselves up for that number one seed in the NFC. All right, and your fantasy likes for this week? You know, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I think that game in Cincinnati, I know people might think it's a dumpster fire, but I think this is a, a great game for fantasy. I, I think that Le'Veon Bell has a great opportunity here. Sam Darnold has a great opportunity here. Robbie Anderson, Ryan Griffin, you know, the Jets offense the last couple of weeks looks pretty good. Going up against another subpar defense, you know, I like the matchup for them. And on the other side of the ball, you know, Tyler Boyd and Andy Dalton would be a really good place this week as well. Cincinnati has had, you know, Ryan Finley at quarterback the last couple of weeks, so their skill players have kind of been downgraded. But with Andy Dalton back in there, even when they were losing, he was leading the league in passing, and I think that. With him back in there, the offense obviously opens up a bit and it boosts everybody else around him. So I think that that game could provide some great fantasy value for some people out there that are looking for that. And then you have to look at some other games. You know, we mentioned the Texans and, and the Patriots. I think Tom Brady has been undervalued the last couple of weeks. I think this is a great spot for him and Julian Edelman take advantage of that Houston pass defense. And you know that they're going to want to try to put this game away early that way they can force Texans' hand so I think that's another game that you can look at and say that there's tremendous value on, on the Patriots side of the ball and then my, my don't like I'm going to go to any East Coast game uh, So and I'm talking specifically the Northeast so the Giants and Packers I think is going to be a tough game for me to find any value in the weather's supposed to be atrocious up here tomorrow you know rain, wintry mix Wind, cold. It's going to be a tough game, I think, for Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, and then everybody else involved with that that game. It could be a very ugly game, and it could yield pretty negative results for, for people that are looking to have Aaron Rodgers boost them to the playoffs next week. It's a great point about the weather. All right, we got 15, uh, seven, 15 seconds left in this segment, to which I'm going to ask you, 
because we always try to ask Danny a random question when he's on when 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 he's on teeing it up during the week. Um, uh, there was an announcement uh, this week from iMedia Brands. I have no idea who that is. That they're going to host uh, start a live cooking show called In the Kitchen with Shaq in March. Quote, from an annual revenue perspective on just our television retailing platforms, we expect Shaq to be our largest brand. Assuming you get this channel or platform that Shaq show will be on, will you tune in? I will not be tuning into that. <laughs> you are not interested to see Shaq cook? Not, not in the slightest. And that's the cooking update with Look, I just, I love finding these random things and getting your thoughts on them. It's just, there's there's a lot of wacky connections to sports out there. There are, and Shaq is a pretty big brand right now. He's uh, probably making more money now than he was when he was playing. You got to think so. I mean, considering and and taking inflation into account, I would I, I would I would think you're right about that. So, anyway, uh, Danny Flecka, thank you as always for coming on teeing it up with Jeremy Schilling. No problem, man. Have a good day. You got it. Same to you, and enjoy your football weekend, everybody.